Hey guys, Small Line on the Outside is a TV show podcast where we talk about a different TV show per podcast season. So if you've ever gone into our past, into our history, into our archives, if you will, you've noticed all the different TV shows that we talk about. So we've talked a lot about Doctor Who, about Sherlock, but we've also talked about 24, 24 Live Another Day, The X-Files, and now Smallville. And guess what? I have a plan for the future. I'm not going to tell you about it, though, because I want to keep it a surprise. You'll just have to wait and see. So make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, like it, review it, tell your friends about it, because the next show we talk about might be your favorite. Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SotoCast, the first, the best, and the only Smallville podcast that you just can't miss. I guess that means you could call it Smallville on the Outside if you'd rather, but it is what it is. Guys, this season we are talking about Smallville, which is one of my favorite shows in the last couple of decades. Can't get enough of it. I've seen it at least four times. And uh, this is starting my fifth time, actually. So season one aired from 2001 to 2002, which is the season we're going to be talking about in this episode, because each episode we're going to be talking about an individual season. And uh, in general, this podcast is all going to be about how this show became such an iconic show in general and how it kickstarted the world of popular superhero TV shows that you see today. But it all basically started here. It's all pretty much started with Smallville. Um, So we're going to go ahead and get started. But first, we're going to take a short little break and hear a a word from our sponsors. Take it away, me. So what exactly is Smallville? Well, I'm glad you asked, person who's been living under a rock for a million years. Smallville is a show about Clark Kent before he becomes Superman, so his journey to get there. But it's a lot more than that. For a show that spanned over 10 years, one has to admit that there's more to the show than a prequel to Superman. It's about friends, family, destiny, endearing qualities, discovering yourself, being there for others when they need you. And in general, it's about being a genuinely decent human being. For me, and I hope for others, this show as a whole made me want to become a better person and see the best in everyone around me as Clark often does for everyone he meets, including the nefarious Lex Luthor. Beyond Clark and Lex, the show is about an entire slew of dynamic characters, all of which have their own character arcs for each season and an unmatched level of chemistry with one another, which pays way for countless story arcs focusing on interactions between each of these characters. So who are these characters in Smallville? Well, it mostly focuses on Clark and Lex because Clark and Lex are the foundation for the show. They are the pillars that hold the show up, which is what makes the show so much worse when Lex uh, eventually left the show. Um, But they really are the pillars because not only do they have seasonal arcs, they also have series arcs. They, They both have a path that they're trying to make. Clark has to make a path of self-discovery and become Superman. Lex truly, genuinely wants to be a good person, but he's on a path to darkness. And we all know it, and we're all waiting to see exactly what happens that makes him snap and changes him ultimately. And trust me, I remember the few episodes in the, the show that actually really changed Lex, but we're not going to get there 
anytime soon. They both have seasonal arcs, though. Clark has the seasonal arc mostly of just being in love with Lana and obsessing over her endlessly because not only is that in this season, but it's with every other season that Lana is actually in. Uh, and generally, it's just saving people's lives, obviously, but that's the, that's the series uh, goal. Lexus has a little bit more. He has a season uh, arc of obsessing over Clark. Not so much this season, but it's there. He has a fascination and curiosity of the secrets surrounding Clark and the people of Smallville as a whole. Uh, there's a sub-story about Club Zero, which I didn't really care for, but it is important for the season, and it is talked about in a few episodes. He has a business partnership with Dr. Hamilton that uh, is more important every time you see Dr. Hamilton, and he has a business partnership with Lana. All of these are important for the season, most of which aren't really all that memorable if we're being honest with each other. The other characters in the show come down to Pete and Chloe, which are Clark's best friends in school. Chloe is the investigative journalist. I love Chloe. A lot of people had this conspiracy regarding her that she was actually Lois Lane, that she would change her name, dye her hair, and become Lois Lane because some kind of traumatic event was going to happen in her life that she had to do it. And I love that the conspiracy existed. Even after Lois showed up in the show, everybody was like, nope, nope, that's not actually Lois. It's actually Chloe, and they're going to switch their names at some point. I love it. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, her seasonal arc comes down to the Wall of Weird and investigating everything weird that happens in Smallville. She also has a crush on Clark, which is a recurring storyline. Important to the season, but overall kind of forgettable. Pete doesn't really have a seasonal arc. You know that his family and him specifically hate Lex, but, I mean, it, it doesn't really shine that much through until Nicodemus, and that's basically it for him. The other characters, we have Lana, which is Clark's love interest for the majority of not only this season, but the show as a whole. Her seasonal arc comes down to opening the talent and being a businesswoman, I guess. Even though she's a freshman in high school, she is a businesswoman. She owns a business. It makes no sense. Uh, she's also uh, trying to find herself outside of the world of cheerleading, which she always thought she needed to do. Her boyfriend is the school jock. It is a senior. His name is Whitney Fordman. His uh, seasonal arc comes down to his father, who has heart problems. But he has the most growth out of all the characters in, in the season, actually, which is actually pretty interesting because when it comes down to his relationship with Clark, they start off with this adversarial villainry belief that they hate each other. And at the very end of the season, they have a respect for each other. They like each other. They, uh, you know, they hang out. They're not best friends, but they do respect one another, which I thought was a really good turning point. The, it, it really turned corners there. One other character, Roger Nixon. You can call him the big bad of the season, I guess, but he's not in much of it. He, he's <laughs> strewn throughout the season and mostly show, just shows up in the last two episodes for the most part. He's investigating Clark Kent. He was hired by Lex to do so, but Lex fired him and he's like, no, 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 there's actually a story here. I'm going to look it up. And he's what leads the, the story into the finale there. So these are the main characters of the season. 
throughout the season, you'll see these storylines come up and stay there. Uh, but it is what it is. Now, let's talk about the episodes. So while I was watching the show, I noticed that when it comes down to the importance of the show, each of these sh- episodes mostly got split up into four different categories. That is a very important episode, a mostly important episode, a mostly filler episode, or just a completely filler episode. And believe it or not, Smallville is nefarious for having these really, really filler episodes. Because when you're watching, you're not really watching for the story. You're not really watching that much to see Clark turn into Superman. You're watching for the stuff that happens. You're watching for the characters. You love these characters because they're genuine and they are endearing and they are role models. Uh, It just feels good to watch them in general. And even when you have the most filler of episodes, it's still a fun episode that you're going to remember because there's still a lot of thought that was put into it because they're still trying to develop the characters even if the episode in general has no relevancy to the rest of the season. So let's talk about the pilot. If you've ever seen Smallville and never finished it, you've probably seen the pilot. It's the one with the meteors. The first episode of Smallville tells the story of the 1989 meteor shower in Smallville and its meteor rocks effects on the small town. Clark Kent is adopted by Jonathan and Martha after they discover him as a young boy in Riley Cornfield. Years later, while every already understanding he is different than others, Smallville High School student Clark Kent begins his journey towards his destiny. He begins discovering new abilities and strengths which he uses to save the life of billionaire Lex Luthor. The pilot introduces the first of many meteor-infected victims, Jeremy Creek, who has been tied to a post in Riley Cornfield as a traditional Smallville scarecrow during the 1989 meteor shower. Okay, so to give you kind of an image of what's going on in this first episode, it's all about the cornfield. It's all about the guy that's strung up in the field who's basically in a crucifixion form, and they have a red S painted on him, I think for scarecrows or for Smallville, or whatever. But the S, obviously, is an allusion to Superman, the S on his chest. Um, But this is obviously a seriously uh, important episode. It's one of the very few important episodes in the season. And when I mean important, I mean all around. It's important to characters, it's important to the season, it's important to the series as a whole. It's the introduction to everything Smallville. I I, I don't have all the time in the world to talk to you about the pilot, but here's uh, a few hinters. You find out that Clark is an alien. Obviously, the powers he has at this point is super speed and strength. You find out about the Wall of Weird, which is something that Chloe is obsessed with. Uh, It comes down to her theory of what's going on around the town. You meet Chloe and Pete. You meet the Torch. Uh, You meet Jonathan and Martha. You meet Lionel and Lex. their mansion, the past pains they have with the Kents, uh, and, of course, you meet Lana and Whitney. These are all people that are going to be important in the season as a whole, so this is a very important episode. The next episode is called Metamorphosis. This episode, we have Greg Arkin, 
who has a passion for insects and Lana Lang because everybody is in love with Lana Lang, okay? Now, when meteor rock-infected bugs swarm him, he takes on insectoid, insect, insectoid characteristics. Clark wakes up to find himself floating above his bed. Right in the beginning of this episode. Episode 2, people. You learn that Clark has the ability to fly, technically speaking. So if he wanted to, in episode 2 and, and forward, he could just set off and, and fly away. He has the ability. He doesn't use it for years. I don't know why, or at least I don't remember. But it's, it's such an, an annoyance that the creators of the show had this rule for no flights, no tights. Because once the show hit a certain age, he should have been flying, but he wasn't. Anyways, Lex tries to help Clark woo Lana by giving him, by giving her necklace back. Clark discovers that he can protect himself and its effect with lead. And Greg kidnaps Lana and Clark battles to Greg to rescue her. So this is another Freak of the Week episode. Most of them are. Um, the most important things to notice while in this episode was that Clark can fly, obviously, but he won't in for years to come. And, uh, you do also learn about Kryptonite. It is used against him in the pilot episode, but we learn more about it in this one as well as, um, lead. So, it's, it's, div uh, they dive into it more in this episode, which makes it, um, slightly important. Not that important, but slightly um, overall. So and when I categorized this episode, I put it into mostly filler because kryptonite in the long term is just, it's just knowledge when it comes down to it. It's not changing you so much. It doesn't really change your actions. Clark rarely changes his actions because he has the savior complex. He just has the knowledge now that kryptonite hurts him. Um, so it's mostly filler. And it's kind of a boring episode, which sucks because it's the second episode. You know what sucks even more? The third episode, which is completely filler. Um, thank goodness that the show has its endearing qualities and it has the characters that you love to watch. Otherwise, I think a lot of people would have probably stopped watching at this point because the second episode is mostly filler and the third is completely filler. The fourth is very important, but we're not there yet. The third episode is called Hothead. Coach Walt Arnold is obsessed with winning. Meteor rocks in his sauna have given him the power to cause objects to burst into flames. This is what I love about the show. They're so creative in taking kryptonite and applying it to different things that are normal and natural and their effects have something to do with what they're enlaced with. In this case, it's in a sauna, right? A hot area with a guy who's already hot-headed and the powers it gives him is flames to control fire. And it's always these double-meaning titles, so hot-head, it's because the guy's a hothead, but also has the ability to control fire. It's actually smart. Um, even though it is filler, they never stop to think about how the powers work. So Clark Kent defies his father, and he joins this football team. 
mostly because the coach kind of manipulated him into doing it. Lana defies expectation and quits cheerleading and uh, starts waiting tables. Lex Luthor defies his father in a business plan that saves several people on their jobs. And the coach attacks the principal, a player, and a journalist before Clark stops him. Now, as mentioned before, this is a very filler episode. There's not much to talk about it. So I'm just going to go on to episode four called X-Ray, which, like I said, is an important episode. Obviously, this is the episode where Clark learns his ability for X-Ray vision, which obviously is an ability that he uses the rest of the series. Um, So uh, let's read about the episode. Tina Greer is played by Lizzie Kaplan. So it's interesting to see her in a role in Smallville. Her skeleton is laced with meteor rock. And the reason why is because she had a soft bone density disorder uh, when, when she was caught up in the Smallville storm. So when it affected her, it affected her bones and affected her ability to do something. What does she do? She morphs into other people, anybody she needs to. Um, so she assumes the form of Lex Luthor and tries to rob his own bank and Clark discovers his x-ray vision. Lana Lang discovers her mother was much more interesting than her aunt ever told her before. And Lex Luthor turns the tables on Roger Nixon, gaining himself an unwilling ally at the Metropolis Inquisitor. So this is the first time that you see Roger Nixon, um, who is going to be the big bad of the season, but he's nothing at this point really right now, but he does get, Hired by Lex. The fifth season, not fifth season, the fifth episode, rather, of season one was called Cool. This is one of those episodes that was mostly filler, again, unfortunately. This uh, centers around Sean Kelvin, who is a student that falls into an icy, meteor rock-filled crater lake. Uh, So with that, he suffers from permanent hypothermia. He should have died, but I guess the kryptonite saved him and and gave him the permanent hypothermia. So he's desperate to get warm, and he tries fire and electricity, but the best fix seems to be body heat. So basically, he's somebody who's always cold, and he's literally, like, blue at his worst. And he sucks the cold, or he sucks the heat out of people, making them permanently cold and ultimately killing them. Uh, and Clark has the most body heat, obviously, because he's super and duper and stuff like that. Um, Clark has to break his date with Lana Lane. He finally gets one in order to be with Chloe, and he has uh, he has to save her, so he, he leaves Lana hanging. Um, and he throws Sean in, in a pond, which freezes the pond and entombs him. Meanwhile, Jonathan Kent refuses to accept Lex as an investor in the family farm. So nothing truly important is happening in this episode. It's mostly filler, just a couple of fun allusions that Chloe's making, like uh, Clark looks good in blue and do you come from an ice planet? But uh, what's important to note here is that Clark abandons his date with Lana to save Chloe, which is a reoccurring theme in Smallville as a whole. And it's more of a hint, a little look-see into what's going to come next in the show. Uh, but it, it does nothing for anything else in the show. It's it's just it's just a little hint. So that's why it's mostly filler. Hourglass is the sixth episode of season one. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It's it's a fun episode, and it's mostly important. Not entirely important for the season. 
but it is important as a whole as it gives us some glimpses into the future of who Clark Kent is and who Lex Luthor is, which is really, really cool. So Clark Kent meets Cassandra Carver at the Smallville Retirement Center. She lost her vision during the meteor shower, and now she can see the future. So that's her story. And then we also have Harry Volk, who is an old man that falls into a pond full of meteor rocks, and he becomes young and sets off on a mission to kill the descendants of the jury who convicted him of murder 60 years ago, including Jonathan Kent, of course. Cassandra is able to provide Clark with some insight into his future, but she dies when she sees a vision of Lex Luthor's future, which is really cool. So this whole episode is just really fun, if nothing else. I, I always like to watch this one um, and revisit it. So we have the future of Lex. We see him in the White House. He's the President of the United States. He has one glove on, which is really, really cool. Um, it's interesting to note that the single black glove that Lex wears in the future is an allusion to the comics where Lex lost his hand. Uh, the President part is also an allusion to the comics. Um, so he comes out of the White House, and blood starts raining down upon him. The The flowers outside the White House turn into hundreds of skeletons and skulls. Uh, and it's kind of just giving you an idea that there's a lot of people that die by his hands, or uh, he's at least the reason people die, um, which gives the fact that we all know that he is evil. And in fact, this... Nice version of Lex is limited at best. And plus, this was a really cool visual, especially for way back when. Um, Clark sees everybody's gravestones in the future, including some people who actually die later in the show. Some people think this is foreshadowing, but then again, literally everybody's grave was shown, which basically signifies that everybody will eventually die especially given that this episode hints at Clark's eventual immortality. Um, so, yeah, it may not show Clark as Superman or a cape or flying or anything like that, but you do see gravestones, which hints at the fact that Clark just can't die, ever. He's just going to live forever. Um, in this episode, uh, Lex also shows his busted car to Clark, uh, hinting that he does have an obsession of what's going on around him. Uh, these are all hints, and they're important to the storyline. They don't really change anything, but they're very, very interesting and very, very important in general. So that's why this is a mostly important episode and memorable in general. Craving is the seventh episode of the season, and it stars Amy Adams, believe it or not, who plays Lois Lane in the Man of Steel, uh, Justice League, stuff like that movies. Uh, this is probably the first time I ever saw Amy Adams. Now, she plays Jody Melville, and she's wearing a fat suit, at least at the very beginning of the movie. She has these uh, self-image problems. So she's uh, drinking some meteoric contaminated soil drinks, as her health drinks, they are green, obviously, and and they work very, very well. They start making her lose weight extremely fast, scarily fast, to the point where she's losing weight faster than she can eat, and so her body needs food badly in order for her to live. So she begins having the ability to suck fat out of people. 
Her mouth is stretched wide open like the scream masks, and she just sucks the fat out of people. Uh, meanwhile, Lex Luthor becomes interested in Chloe's theory that everything weird that happens in Smallville can be traced to meteor sh- uh, rocks, and he begins funding the research of a controversial meteorologist. This is um, this is Dr. Hamilton. This is their business partnership. It started right at this point. So this is why this is a pretty important episode in general. We have character importance where Lex mentions that he used to have asthma and no longer does. This is something that isn't mentioned until seasons later. But because they mentioned here, I I felt like I really did need to mention it here. Uh, Also meeting Dr. Hamilton. This is a significant change in the season. Um, It changes the actions of Lex. So because of that, that makes this episode important in the long run for what's going on. Even though it's kind of forgettable because it mostly just focuses on uh, Amy Adams' storyline. Um, we also have Dr. Hamilton getting paid, uh, for his research on kryptonite. Um, but yeah, most of the story is weak in comparison to what's going on in the background. Episode 8 is entitled Jitters, and it's probably one of the most memorable episodes for me, specifically. Probably not for you, because it is kind of a forgettable episode. I think it's memorable to me because when it came down to watching live TV Smallville, Jitters was always on rerun for some reason. I think it's an annoying episode. I think it's very forgettable. As far as importance goes, it's uh, only slightly important, so mostly filler. Uh, What's it about? It's about Earl Jenkins believing that there is a level 3 at the Luther plant, even though the blueprints say there's not, even though the news reports say that there's no such thing, even though the Luthers say there's no such thing. He's convinced that there's a level 3 at the Luther plant in Smallville, and that when he worked there long ago, he used to go to level 3 every day, and it was mineral poisoning that he found there that gave him his infliction which is uncontrollable shakes you know really really bad earthquakean shakes that his body goes through that he's dying from and he he, he's blaming the luthers for it even though there's no real evidence that uh level three ever existed it did we find out by the end of the episode and we don't know what that means as a whole but the thing is the level three is the important part of the episode it's because that you find out that the Luthers are liars. Not that we ever doubted that they were, but we find out that not only are they liars, but that Lionel is lying to Lex about Level 3. That it, He's telling Lex that it didn't exist, uh, even though it did. And uh, that means also that both of the Luthers are very interested in Kryptonite. Lionel was interested far beyond before... Lex ever was in the first place. We don't really know why at this point either. Um, but that's the reason why it's important. It's because of level three and the what that means as a whole. Uh, but other than that, it's a very, very filler episode. I'm, I'm not even kidding. This is an annoying, really... Uh, I, I, I watched it for the fifth time officially... Not too long ago, and I, I'm sad that I had to, to watch it again because, gosh dang it, if I haven't seen this one a million times. Oh, next episode. 
The ninth episode of season one is called Rogue. Rogue uh, centers around Sam Felon, Felon, who is a cop in uh, Metropolis who's actually a bad cop. And he finds out Clark's secret because Clark stops a bus. It's probably his first save in Metropolis, which makes this kind of important. Um, and he's going to blackmail Clark into helping him do bad cop things, but he's killed in crossfire shootout, um, in the, in the episode. Also, Chloe is fired as the editor of the Smuggle Torch, and Lex Luthor has an old girlfriend re-enter his life with a plan to destroy his father. Kind of a boring episode, but there are some cool things that happen in the episode as well. For instance, they're looking at Alexander the Great, who owned a very expensive jeweled breastplate that's on display in a museum in Metropolis that looks a lot like the Superman S emblem of hope. Um, obviously, it's an allude, it's alluded to in the episode. Uh, and Clark stops a bus in downtown Metropolis for, for the first one in the city. And the nice thing about that is it's one of the more memorable shots of Smallville because I think they use it in the opening sequence of one of the seasons. Um, other than that, the things that are important in this episode is that Lex is reviewing footage of the museum and sees Clark. Well, he doesn't know it's Clark, but he sees the blur. Uh, or the red-blue blur. I'm sorry, there's no such thing yet. It's just a blur that he sees and he knows something's happening, but we're not sh quite sure yet. And we're thinking, oh man... How long is it going to be before Lex finds out Clark's secret? We're only in season one. Uh, also, Lex and Victoria plan to overrun Lionel and Luther Corp, which is a sub-story in the season. Not that important. I didn't even include it in my uh, sub-stories for the season because it's a really forgettable one. But overall, those are the things that happen in the episode that overall make this a mostly filler episode. This brings us to uh, the next completely filler episode, uh, the 10th the episode of the season. It's called Shimmer. The difference between Shimmer and, say, Hothead, which was the other completely filler episode, is Shimmer is actually interesting. I have a lot of fun with Shimmer. Uh, it's one that I remember every time that I watch this season. Uh, it's about a character that creates a skin cream made with kryptonite, obviously, that renders the the person putting it on invisible, completely invisible. Uh, the storyline has something to do with one of the students of Smallville High that's obsessed, romantically obsessed, with Lex Luthor and is vengeful against Victoria and everything. And it makes you think that the killer or the bad guy, is actually this student who's obsessed with Lex. But in fact, it is her brother who is just trying to do right by his sister by attacking Victoria and everything. But she's still sick because she uh, idolizes Lex and has a shrine in her room. Ha ha ha. Anyways. But yeah, it's a completely filler episode, just made for fun. The Invisible Man, you know how it goes. The next episode is called Hug. This is the episode where uh, we have two businessmen, both with the same exact ability, uh, that when they shake the hands of anybody, they can get anybody to do what they want because they are salesmen. 
Um, in this case, one of the salesmen wants to buy the Kent farm and gets Jonathan to actually sign a contract to sell it by because they sh shook hands. They overrun that by the end of the episode, but that's just one of the main points of this episode. Uh, another point is that he, one of the, the good salesman makes Chloe kiss Clark to prove that he has the ability to make people do whatever he wants. Uh, that would probably be the first time you see Chloe kiss Clark. She kisses him at least once every season. Well, most seasons, up to, I think, season eight. I'm not sure. Um, and we, we see a couple nice little fun hints here and there that don't really amount to much, but it is fun. For instance, it's mostly filler. We have find out that Lex has his own suspicions about Clark when he's under the spell, and he tries to kill Clark. We also get a little hint at a bad Lex when when he is trying to kill Clark. I mean, it's under the spell, but the things he says aren't so much under the spell. They're just... His inhibitions aren't as high. So, it is mostly filler. There's a couple of nice little hints here that help us watch the show, but it's not an important episode by far. It's just interesting to see uh, Lex try to kill Clark with a gun. It's, it's interesting to see Chloe's first kiss with Clark. Um, and it's also interesting to notice that Clark is definitely bulletproof at this point. So those are the interesting things in Hug. In episode 12, it is called Leech. This is a fan favorite episode. This is the one that stars Sean Ashmore, which is the twin brother of Aaron Ashmore, who plays Jimmy Olsen in later seasons. They literally are twin brothers. They are identical. They look exactly the same. But it's funny how they never even mentioned it in the show, even though Sean Ashmore showed up in the show at least twice, maybe more. I think it's just twice, though. But the episode's the first time Clark loses his abilities. He, I swear to you, he loses his ability at least once a season. But uh, his name's Eric Summers, and he switches powers with Clark. So there's like this electrical storm, and a lightning hits both Clark and Eric Summers at the same time while they're holding kryptonite, which transfers their abilities. So Clark's left without powers. Eric has them. Um, and that's basically the episode, and that's what makes it uh, memorable. What's important to notice in this episode is that Roger Nixon's first CGI analysis of the car crash in the pilot makes its first appearance. Okay, so this is why the episode is important. This is what strings Lex along in his investigation into Clark, even though he eventually fires Roger Nixon at like the end of this episode. Or maybe it's the next one, I'm not entirely sure. It's, it's because of this CGI video, but also his general suspicions. So this episode is actually super, super, super important regarding that seasonal arc. But yeah, the Talon also makes its first appearance in this episode, and the Talon is, of course, a very important location in the season as a whole. So the next episode is called Kinetic, and it's one of my least favorite episodes to watch because even though Whitney Fordman has the most growth out of all the characters in the first season, 
he's not my favorite character. I don't really care about him that much. Uh, but it's all about him. And this is the episode with the tattoos. The kryptonite tattoos that lets people walk through walls. Um, so he, Whitney loses his football scholarship and he falls into a bad crowd. And they are the ones with the tattoos that give him the power to walk through walls. They put Chloe in the hospital. They blackmail Lex and they threaten to kill Whitney. Meanwhile, Lana convinces Lex to restore the talent or buy it or whatever. So this is a mostly filler episode. The things that makes it important is that Lex buys a talent, which acts as a set piece for several episodes at this point. And uh, we learn some more about Whitney. But that's really all you can say about the episode. Uh, but it also is interesting to note that Whitney got powers in this episode, which marks the first time one of the main characters got powers. And it also marks the first time Clark couldn't save somebody, uh, meaning Chloe, who spends the rest of the episode in the hospital. She's not dead, but he couldn't save her. And this this is something that happens a few times throughout the series because he may be very, very powerful, but he can't save everybody Kind of like his line in, in Superman, all this, all of these powers and I couldn't save him. So that's something that Clark has to learn to live with throughout the series. Not my favorite episode. It is what it is. The next episode is called Zero, and it is an important episode, but it doesn't really change anything. So this is one, one of those episodes that's mostly important. Zero is referring to Club Zero, which is Lex, one of Lex Luthor's seasonal arcs. It's the mystery. What happened at Club Zero that they're kind of always hinting at throughout the season? And the answer to that is boring. It's stupid. It's whatever. Uh, Lex was hanging out with this girl at a nightclub called Club Zero. Something happens, and her fiancé dies. Well, in the episode, Lex is haunted by the person that died even though it's not really who it was. It's a really cheap explanation at a doppelganger, but it is what it is. What really happened was the girl who he took to the nightclub, it was her brother. Because years ago, she killed herself, and uh, he, her brother wanted answers as to what happened at, at Club Zero, which is not much of anything. The girl he took to the nightclub killed her own fiancé because her fiancé was going to kill somebody else. It's, it was really stupid. Lex took the blame for it because he was protecting her. It's, it's a stupid storyline. I'm not entirely sure why it was so important for the season. But I'm just putting it in there that, yes, it was mostly important for character-wise and for story-wise for him. When researching the show before I watched it again, I kind of wanted to see what everybody's fan-favorite episodes were. And there's not a ton in the first season, but there are a few. One of them was Nicodemus. Nicodemus is interesting because it's not a Freak of the Week episode. It's, it's, a, it's an episode that allows characters to act unlike themselves, which in general is fun, but it also develops their characters a little bit more and allows them to have a little bit of acting range when they previously didn't really. Nicodemus is about a flower that gives people anger not really anger it, it just lowers their inhibitions and lets them do whatever they want and uh 
In this one, Jonathan turns against Clark, Lana becomes a sexy flirt, and Pete sets out to settle a score with Lex, and they all exhibit unusual behavior after coming into contact with the flower. So, yes, again, this is a mostly filler episode. It's a fun episode. It's a memorable episode. It's one of the fan favorite episodes, but it is technically mostly filler when it comes to the importance all around. The only thing that's important in the episode is that it slightly continues the work of Dr. Hamilton. And that's it, really, honestly. The rest of the episode is just fun, and that's it. So like I said, they could be completely filler episodes, but they could also be fun, and people can actually like these episodes. So when it comes down to my categorizing these episodes by importance, it doesn't mean I don't like these episodes. I find it mostly filler, but I like it just fine. Um, but yeah, that, that's Nicodemus. If you ever watched it, you know what I'm talking about. Episode 16 is called Straight. It's kind of the same thing. It's also mostly filler, but it's also a very memorable episode. It's the one uh, regarding Ryan James, which is a young boy who has the ability to read people's minds. And uh, he, he tries to escape his abusive step-parents who are using his ability to help steal and he escapes them by feigning amnesia and stays with the Kents. And Clark gets to have a little brother for a little while. And uh, Lex Luthor actually turns down an offer at this point from his father to return to Metropolis. Because he's kind of having a good time in, in Smallville for whatever reason. But yeah, mostly filler. Nothing super important in this episode all around that actually affects anybody in the long term. It doesn't change anybody's actions. It doesn't make them do anything different. It doesn't really do anything like that. It's just a fun, heartwarming, endearing episode. And that's it. Um, there's a couple of mentions here that because Ryan could read minds, he found out that Chloe likes Clark. We already kind of knew that. Uh, and uh, Ryan read minds and told Clark, don't trust Lex because I see darkness in his head. And the thing is, it's true. We already know this stuff. It's just cool to get some validation from a, a side character that kind of acts like the audience talking to our characters for us. And that's basically it. Other than that, it is technically a very filler episode. Episode 17 is called Reaper. It's another one of my fan favorite episodes. I, For whatever reason, I've always kind of liked Reaper. Uh, it is a Freak of the Week episode. We have a character that has powers because of the meteorocks that whoever or whatever he touches dies in his hands and turns to ash which i think in general is just a lot of fun and creepy and scary if you think about it he can kill or anything the what he uses his powers for bad because he believes he's easing the suffering of others so technically speaking he's killing old people who he thinks want him to kill them to end the suffering, even though that's not technically always the case. And Clark kind of points it out to him that that's, you know, you're not truly seeing what's real here. And it ends with uh, the Grim Reaper there touching his own hands to himself and ending his own life. Um, but yeah, it, it has importance in this episode. I wouldn't say a lot of it, but there are some importance here as far as Whitney's father and his heart problems kind of starts around here. And uh, because that does 
significantly change the actions of Whitney specifically. It is a mostly important episode, but but it's not focused on like at all in the episode. So that's why it's only mostly important. Our next and last completely filler episode is called Drone. It's episode 18 of season one, and it is a doozy. Um, out of every episode of the season and almost every episode of the series as a whole, this is one of my least favorite episodes. There's nothing important that happens in the episode, and it's boring, and it's just stupid. It's the one with the bees. There's this girl who can control bees. She's running for class president, and it's killing her student opponents by a sicking bees on them and uh, that's basically it that's the entire story i call it the bee election the the one with the bees the no no not the bees not the bees that one it's honestly not an episode that i uh i recommend if if you have the option to watch the season without watching one episode this would be it otherwise i would say skip the rest of the filler episodes because technically you can watch the season and miss it and nothing would happen you would not miss a thing the next episode is called crush um we have chloe who's falling for justin Gaines, who's played by adam brody you know him from the oc maybe you don't but you've probably seen him in something uh he has the power of telekinesis because he broke his arms or hands and there was meteor rock around, I guess. He has the power to control things with his mind anyways. And he's out for revenge for the people responsible for breaking his hands. That's basically the story of this episode. The importance comes down to Chloe's romantic interest with Clark and his jealousy with that, which changes his actions towards Chloe and the rest of the season, technically speaking. So this is an important episode. It's, there's not much to talk about with it, but it is an important episode. And then we have the last two episodes of the season. One's called Obscura. This, the last is called Tempest. Obscura is the one where Lana can see through the eyes of a bad guy. So technically speaking, this is the episode where Lana has powers. One of them, at least. And... Uh, Lex finds a piece of the ship, the octagonal ship's key, which makes this an incredibly important episode, but what do you expect? It is the penultimate episode of the season. Um, but yeah, this is a fun episode, very important. Last episode, though, is everybody's favorite episode. I, I saw that the ratings on both Track.TV and TV Time are astronomical for this episode, but then again, it is a season finale, and season finales are usually really, really popular. So Clark, Chloe, and Pete get ready for the spring formal. Uh, Clark's going to go with Chloe. Lionel closes the plant in Smallville. Lex picks uh, plans an employee buyout. Roger Nixon threatens to expose Clark. Whitney leaves for the Marine Corps, and Lana gets swept up into a tornado. Think about this episode. It's big. It's epic. Lots of stuff's going on for every character, and it's all important. Um, and they're able to keep a little bit of that endearing, fun, hometown quality to the episode as well, even though there's a lot going on. The main thing that makes this episode important <clears throat> in the long run is Roger Nixon as the big bad. He's threatened to expose Clark. 
and uh, Whitney leaving for the Marine Corps, since that's something that's also going to be mentioned later in the series. So, as a whole, this is a very, very fun episode, and uh, I highly recommend watching every important episode this season has. The important episodes are Pilot, X-Ray for the X-Ray Vision, Craving is the one with Amy Adams, Leech is the one where Clark gets his powers swapped out with a normal guy, Obscura is the one where Lana sees through the eyes of a bad guy, and Tempest is the the season finale. The mostly important episodes, these are the episodes with hints of importance uh, to characters in the season and the series, but it doesn't actually change anybody's movements. Those are Hourglass, Zero, Reaper, and Crush. Then we have eight mostly filler episodes, which is Metamorphosis, Cool, Jitters, Rogue, Hug, Kinetic, Nicodemus, and Stray. And the three completely filler episodes are Hothead, Shimmer, and Drone. As a whole, like I say, Smallville has the problem of often having filler episodes. It just does. Uh, it's, it's a flaw, but at the same time, it's not the reason why you watch Smallville. You watch it for the characters. You watch it for the the endearing qualities, the things that make you want to be a better person. That's why you watch it. And you watch it to have fun. You don't so much watch it to see how much Clark turns into Superman. I'm sure that's part of it. But you can just have fun with it, too. Um, and I gotta say, this is one of my favorite shows. And even though it's only, say, 70% or so important most of the time, it, it's fun nearly 100% of the time other than that stupid drone episode this is a good ep this is a good solid season and it's only just beginning so if you like that hometown small town feel for a show smallville does a really good job with it um it gets a little bit more tense as the series goes along it gets deeper it gets darker as the series goes along doesn't mean it gets worse but it kind of loses that hometown feel that it started out with so many years ago when it first started. And that's where it starts, right here. So join me maybe next week when I talk about Season 2. I'm not sure how long it'll take me to watch the second season, but it really didn't take me that long to watch the first. So join me next week, guys. Until then, peace out and have a good week.